Star Fox Command, a forgotten classic, an interview with the legendary frontman of the group, Fox McCloud. It was a few days ago my publisher called me up about the chance to interview one of the most iconic and enigmatic figures of the last decade. Clearly this was a great chance to talk to a most influential artist. I was a little surprised when the subject matter of the discussion was a focus on Star Fox Command, when compared against such classics as the legendary Star Fox 64, known in the UK as Lilat Wars, how is it that we came to be talking about this particular release? These days, MacLeod keeps up a trendy apartment in West London, which he uses when he's in the UK on business. It's in that part of the city so favoured by the select, and which is home to many artists and retired performers, actors of the old school, retired rock stars and their peers. MacLeod's rooms had a new age air to them. Oriental fabrics and incense burners lined the walls, on which sat the framed gold discs of Lilac Wars and Star Fox Adventures. The man himself dispensed with the formalities and insisted I call him Fox. I began by asking him about the group and its impact on the genre. He pushed the glowing end of a stub into a full ashtray and leant forward, his eyes glittering with memories of the old days. I keep meaning to give up, he grinned. It was a crazy time, man. Ninty just came at us with all this new equipment and said to me and Falco, what can you guys do with it? I asked him if he's referring to Nintendo's Mode 7 chip, which for many households represented their first experience of a moving 3D surface. Yeah, yeah, guy, that was it. So we said to the suits, man, if you're going to give me something that looks like flying, then I want to fly. <laughs> so, I pressed, you feel that the Star Fox group was about technical innovation. That was a part of it, sure. Fox leant back, a serious expression now on his face. But it was about creativity and experimentation. The story and the characters had to be top-notch. That's why we were excited about Command, man. We'd always been too big, and our shows too technically demanding for the little consoles. Finally, here was a handheld venue capable of holding a Star Fox show. And we were stoked about it, I can tell you. What was your reaction to it? I thought the controls were crazy when they first pitched it to me. They showed me how the ship could be flown entirely by drawing the stylus on the screen. The only button used was for firing. I said to the engineers, I admit I was a bit rude in those days, I said, what the, you know, what the F do you think you're doing? There's a perfectly functional D-pad on the other side and you've got buttons for boost, brake, shoot and loop. Use the shoulders for bomb and flip. Well, it seemed obvious to me. But the tech guys talked about wanting to avoid something they called Metroid Claw and got me to try the stylus control. What did you think? A big smile crept across McLeod's face. It was like experiencing all the material again for the first time. Seriously, with only a bit of practice, the way that ship responded to the slightest touch... It was like leading her by the nose, past buildings, down gullies, and through those, those hoops that give you power-ups. I nodded. We could never have got that kind of control with the pad. Never. And the stylus, of course, I prompted him, was also used for the strategy sections after which this entry is named. That was a gamble, 
McLeod admits. You see, with this release, we wanted to put the audience in control. The first Star Fox was a really linear ride. With command, we wanted to say to the player, here are the bad guys, here's the world, you choose when and where to fight them. We gave them a limited number of turns to clean up each area, but you should have seen the way those guys flew the missions. There were worlds we thought would take four or five turns to clear, but some of the real fans figured out how to chain refuel stations and how to draw your fighter's interception path to catch many squadrons at once. They cleared the map in a couple of turns. Just incredible. Plus, you had to use the stylus to scratch away the fog that covered the enemy's position. Most fans figured out the limited tool only allowed small bits of the covered territory to be cleared, so they just figured out ways to make it work. So really, I asked McLeod, Star Fox Command's greatest legacy is allowing the player to improvise with the material. McLeod nodded vigorously at this. Defo, got it in one. Even with the combat missions, it was all about giving the player choice. It was pretty easy to kill the enemy squadron, but we filled the area with secondary and tertiary enemies that gave huge bonuses if you cleared everything out. It became less about whether you could clear the level and more about how you beat the level. Doing it with style for maximum points. Not to mention the time bonus strategy. I had to admit that I thought I had missed that. Ah, oh, that was a great strategy. We set the ship up so that if you did a barrel roll while taking fire, then you deflect enemy shots and gain two seconds, right? Well, some of the fans figured out that, that it was a good idea to keep some of the anti-air towers around. That way, if you ran short on time, you just goad the towers into shooting at you, and you can rack up extra seconds. All about personal expression, man, all about it. I decided to bring up the issue of Command's position in the overall series of Star Fox releases. I asked if he felt it was a departure for the series. People have the wrong idea about Star Fox, man. He shook his head at this. He seemed quite sad. People think of this epic space adventure going on story after story, but they forget. Star Fox 64, or Lilat Wars, or whatever you want to call it, was a remake of the original Star Fox. We started again with the new technology and new freedom to explore. We never got a shot at the Wii. The GameCube versions mixed it up with ground vehicles and walking sections, and the other one was a third-person adventure game. In many ways, Star Fox Command is the truest Star Fox release to date. It's like we were looking for the perfect version of space combat with story. Command has its own ambience and flavour, all with full 360 degree control rather than on rails. It's the follow-up album the original deserved. How do you feel, I asked him, about the suggestion that it was short? Totally wronged. I mean, we made a choice to make each story thread quite short. Sure, you can play it from start to finish in a couple of hours, but then we put in nine totally different endings and a branch storyline that gave you all kind of ways to get to them. To see all that Command has to offer, you come back to it again and again. That's what our fans say, they just keep revisiting it. I nod. I can see, maybe for the first time, how Command is a forgotten great in Star Fox's history. Command was also very beautiful. Oh yeah, McLeod agreed with this. We wanted to make it look and sound great on the DS. Corneria City, the deserts, those series of islands in the sea. We were really pleased with the way it looked and sounded. And we introduced internet multiplayer for the first time. 
That DS Wi-Fi can be a hot ticket if you get it right. I thanked Fox McCloud for his time, and asked about the upcoming release, a remake of Star Fox 64, Lilac Wars, for the 3DS. I'm looking forward to it. It's great to see the old material remastered on a new format, but I don't know if it will stick to the original format or not. You see, Command gave you a full arena to fly around in, whereas the original Star Fox was a fixed flight path that you moved along. You could position yourself within it, but Command was always where the real freedom was, away from the tracks. I left him sitting amid the trails from the incense candles, and presumed that he was returning to ponder the adventures of his past. The mothership destruction motif that rifts throughout the missions. The characters and their distinctive ships, weaving in and out of the storylines, and the chance to catch up with old faces. As I left his rooms and put my thoughts in order, I thought about the last time I'd seen Star Fox Command. It was on a pre-owned shelf for less than a fiver. It seemed a shame that such a great release, and a landmark for so many reasons, should be so forgotten in the public sphere. But there is a flip side to this story. It does mean that this entry in the Star Fox legacy is as easy to pick up, and as accessible as it was when it was first released. And, for such a reasonable price tag, I think I might just revisit it myself. The Novel Gamer Podcast is recorded for GamePeople.co.uk. It was written and performed by Chris Jarvis with additional music by Rebecca Mays. The editor and producer was Andy Robertson. 